talk about Sedaka, but more specifically the Minog of Maaseh Kesafim. The Mishnah of Sedaka is a Mishnah Deiraita. The Sedaka, Matanot Le'Aniyim, look in the Rambam, Chos Matanot Le'Aniyim, Perak Zayim. It's a Mitzvah. The Rambam would define the Mitzvah if an Ani comes to you, it would be to give him whatever he needs, you know, for his basic needs. A person knocks at the door and asks you, uh, you know, I need $10,000, to give him $10,000. Other Rishonim would understand any amount that you give the person, you kind of mitzvah. But again, what I want to focus on more than, than tzedakah generally as, as a definition of the mitzvah deraita, uh, the Indian of Masek Safin, giving a tenth of your money to, to tzedakah. Now, there are four possibilities. One possibility is more or less with Mashma and the Rambam, and, and by the way, the Shulchan Aruch, because neither the Rambam, neither the, neither the Rambam or the Shulchan Aruch, um, record the Indian of Masek Safin at all. You know, it's like non-existent, the concept of Masek Safin. The Gemara does talk about, uh, but that's an upper limit. And if a person wants to give away his money to Tzedakah, He's not supposed to give more than 20% of his money to tzedakah. Um, would it change if you were like fabulously wealthy and you, you know, if you gave a couple of billion away, it wouldn't put a dent in your lifestyle? Maybe things would be different, but Chazal do say that ambassadors love you, you tell me Chomish more than 20%. So one possibility is that there's no such thing. Um, the other possibility, the other extreme is to say that Masik Safim is actually a Kim Diraita. From the pasuk of Aser to Aser Mikol to Wadzaracha, the Dagesh is on the word Mikol. So there's a fascinating Tosod in Tanit Daftet, Amr Aleph Derei Machil Aser, where Tosod actually quotes a Sifri that says Aser to Aser Mikol to Wadzaracha, Mikol meaning Lahavi to include also Masak Safim, meaning that the mitzvah is not limited only to agricultural produce that you give Maaser Ani to give Masak Safim. Now, what's fascinating about that Tosot, according that Sifri, is that Sifri is no way to be found. Because we don't have, in our records, nobody has ever found that Sifri. Although Tosot saw it. One of the Bali Tosot saw that Sifri. There is a possibility that giving Masik Safim is a Kim Diraita. The Maharil in Simen Nundalid explains that it's a Takana Durabanan. That Masik Safim is actually a Takana Durabanan. A person should give uh, a tenth of his money to, to, to Tzedakah. However, um, there are many others that hold that it's not a diraita and it's not a dirabanan, but rather what Masik Safim is, is a minhag. Okay, and that's Mashma, Marami Rottenberg says it's a minhag. Many other posts Um I once had a discussion with Rav Aaron Lichtenstein Zatzal, who quoted in the name of Rav Zaman Orbach Zatzal that he felt it was a, a minhag. Now, what's an afgamina if something's a minhag or something's a dirabanan? You know, either way you should do it. So one afkamina is that there's a cloud when it comes to minhagim, If you come from, from areas that, that's not your minhag of your community, then it's not a minhag. As an example, the vast majority of Svartic communities do not have the minhag of Masik Saf, opposed to Ashkenazic. Another nafkamina, or Shom Zaman Orbach Sassaf points out, that if a person, a person decides, hey, you know, it's my minog, it's a nice minog, I want to try to do that. So, and he starts to be mafish ma'asik safim and give it to tzedakah. So, if Shalom Zaman Orbach says that what he should do is say before he starts his bli neder. I don't want this ever to take on din of a neder. So, the rule is, the halacha is, that if you do a ma'asetov, 
three times, so it takes on dimensions of a nether. And you don't want your action to become a sea of deraita, me the nether. And, and if you don't, if you start, all of a sudden stop giving master suffering, you'll be oven loyechel devaral. So, so Shomazan says, before you start, say, I want to do, I'm going to try to do it, but I never ever want it to become, become a nether. And then you go ahead and, and do it. One clarification um, that we want to do is exactly define what tenth am I looking at. But before I get to one ten, one, what, which tenth we're talking about, tenth of what money, I want to first talk about where you could give your Masik Safim in order to be Mekayim, uh, the Inya of Masik Safim. And one possibility is it might be enough Gamina whether you hold uh, what, what the Makor of Masik Safim is. As an example, if you held it's a Deraita coming out of the Pasuk of Maaser, okay, um, Maaser etc., who would you, who would you give the money to? If it's if it's aser taser mikol tuat zarachah, that pasuk is really talking about a levy. So you give your money to the levium. Would you take your tenth of your money and go buy food in Yushalayim and, and be makaimit like Maisa Shani, or would it be Maisa Ani? So uh, Mara, the, the, there was a rishon by the name of the Maharam Mimesserberg. Maharam Mimesserberg. He wrote a sefer called the Meil Tzedek. He was a Baal Meil Tzedek. His friends called him the Me'ili. The Me'ili, because he was a, brought to say for Mil Tzedek. Anyway, he says that since we learn Ma'asek Safim from the concept of Ma'aser, so just like Ma'aser is not only Ma'asani, there's also Ma'asashani. And in Ma'asashani, you could you know, do a mitzvah, eating in Yerushalayim, etc., etc. He felt it was legitimate to do various mitzvot with that money. In other words, it wasn't limited specifically to give to Aniyim, which is a huge nafkamina. Because if you hold that the, the minah of Masa Sofim is solely only to Aniyim, so when you're stuck, you have to give it on to Aniyim. But if you hold that it could be done other things, like, like um, uh, I don't know, helping somebody out with their wedding, or, 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 uh, or supporting hospitals, or giving to Medina um, Yisrael, or buying you Lulav and Esrog. You know, all different kinds of Ma'asim Tovim, so according to that direction, it would be, it would be legitimate to do. So supposing the wedding the guy? If the Chatan is an Ani, it would be Tzedakah. But let's say he's not halakhically an Ani. So what are different Madregas? So obviously the, the highest Madrega to use the money is to give it to Aniyam, to give it to a real Aniyam. Um, and the second Madrega is to support Torah. There's actually a Medrash Tanchuma in Re'e Yudchet. It talks about the kiyum of supporting Torah with, 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 with your money. It's a, a, key, a special kiyum of tzedakah. A third level would be to give it to a gemach. Now, gemil chasadin means, like yeshiva gemach, as an example, as you give money to yeshiva gemach, it's constantly recycled and used. And a person returns alone, and then the money is available for somebody else. That's the between tzedakah and gemach, where you give something, whatever, whatever that thing is, and it's always in, in, in use. And the fourth madrega would be any mitzvah. Like buying a lulav, buying it, filling, etc. Um, theoretically, those are four madragos that we no, can talk about. Now I'm going to go into what, what poskim say. Gemachim. Gemachim and, and other mitzvah. Fourth, the fourth level is other mitzvah. There's no, there's no masinatina to anim. It wouldn't be tzedakah. Tzedakah is not gemach. Gemach is not tzedakah. Wait, before you ask your questions, let me give a specific example. There's a machoket poskim whether you could use Maisek Safim to buy candles for a Beit Knesset. Obviously, today's equivalent might be paying the electricity bill for a Beit Knesset, or giving money to a Beit Knesset so that it could function normally. Not to build a building, but just for, for, its, for its upkeep, for running the Beit Knesset. So the Ramah um, 
says very, very clearly, in the name of the Maharil, which I mentioned before, was held that it was a, a Takana de Rabbanan to give you money, to, you know, um, to give Masik Safim, and the Orach HaShulchan as well, um, held that the Minog was specifically to Aniyim. And the Ramah is adamant about this. So adamant that he says that if someone takes his Masik Safim, and instead of giving it to Aniyim, gives it to something else like Neirot of the Beit Knesset, doing a mitzvah like that, which is a mitzvah to Rabbim, but not for Aniyim, He's gonev kesef aniim, says the Ramah. But along comes our hero of the Me'ili, which is a Rishon, quoted by the Shach as well, and the Taz. And the Shach and the Taz are called from the Ramah. And the Shach and the Taz hold its mutter, not only to buy candles, which would be helping the Rabbin, who held at Sibur, is even mutter to go out and buy svarim with your Maisek as long as you make the svarim available for the Rabbin. Notice if you buy a safer and lock it up in your own library, no one ever gets to see that safer, so then that's not proper use of my succession. But if you buy, you know, buy a safer and you put it in a position, in a place where people could borrow it all the time, so the shach and the tassel, that's legitimate. The tass says you have to write in the safer, this safer was bought with masik safim. Um, I once saw a safer on the shelf in, the, in, the, in our base madras, I took it out and opened it. I think it was a raviyah to be able to find it. Where there was a sticker where it was donated by Rav Luchensin. I think it said "Me my Safim. I think it said there. In, in the, check it out. Check the check the Rav on, on, on the on the shelf. In any case, um, the Orach Hashulchan in the timeline. Obviously, you have the the the, the Marami Rottenberg is, is, is a Rishon. It's very early. And the Meili was a Rishon. The Maharami Rottenberg is one person. The Marami Messerberg is another person. And these two Marams face off on this issue. Okay, Marami Rottenberg says no, only to Aniyim. The Marami Messenberg, the Me'ili, says you can. So the Ramah passed him like the Marami Rottenberg and said, no, it only goes to Aniyim. The Shach and the Taz went and argued on the Ramah. And then the Orach HaShulchan, who came later, the Orach HaShulchan backed up the Ramah, the Cholik very strong on the Shach and the Taz. Okay? Because he says, Orach HaShulchan says, think about it logically, a person doesn't have to give any of his money away because you know, a certain percentage of his money he has to use for, for, for mitzvot anyway, so he'll keep all his money. He won't, he won't, he won't be helping anybody. Rav Shalom Orbach and the Chassam Sofer are way in on this. This is what they hold. Number one, and I, I think you could look at this like the bottom line, in my opinion. Number one, um, when you're mafrish, you might him. I told you the first time you should say, but when you're mafrish, you should say that it's not dafka for tzedakah. You don't get in the problem of allocating for tzedakah and not giving it to tzedakah. You, you earn money, you earn whatever it is, $100, and then you, you're going to take $10, and you, you don't say this $10 is for tzedakah or for aniyim. You say, this, this $10 I'm going to be, will be my suffering, but love dafka for aniyim. That's point number one. Point number two, Rav Shom Zaman Orach said, you should be makbid, that over 50% of your Maisek Safim go Mamish Ta'anim. I, I think, I am putting in words into this math, but I think the rationale is that if the majority, if the robe of the money that your Mafish from Maisek Safim is going to Mamish Ta'anim, so you're kind of like Mekayim, that your Maisek Safim, meaning like covering your bets, that even if the Marami Rodenberg was right, the Ramo was right, at least robe of your money is going to, to, to Anim. So you want to give whatever, 51% minimum to, to real bona fide Anim. Third point, the rest of the money you could use for other other mitzvah, cancer research, hospitals, other things that are not not necessarily people who are poor people. And he also says, 
if a person doesn't have any money and wouldn't be able to afford, let's say, tefillin without using his mice tefillin, it'd be mutter for him to, you know, use his tefillin, to use the money for, my, for his tefillin or, or an etrog, but on condition, it's a shat hatchak, that he doesn't have any other resources in order to in order to uh, use it. This is what Shom Zaman Orbach says. Yes, Avi, Aniyam are also high in Maseh Tzachot. Also, a non-Jewish school. That would be like a, you know, Maseh Tov, but it wouldn't be considered Tzachot. Yes, you own a bowling alley? Yes. Cool. Well, um, theoretically. Okay. Uh, I don't know, if I let like five for again? Yes. You know, you can give goods and services in place of Maseh Tzachot if it's an objective evaluation of the goods and services. You can't just decide it's worth a million dollars. They just give a million dollars to any. If it's something that I don't normally No, then, then, then you wouldn't be able to. It has to be something you normally try for. Yes. Uh, uh, if I have time, I'll get to it, defining it on you. Yes. Um, you said there are four months ago of who to give money to, which one was Ani and Yusefo and Tamatora and then Dubach. If there's still Ani, then how can you justify having I mean, how could you give anything to anything but Ani? You should always have to give to Ani. That's, that's a little bit beyond the scope of the shear. But the, the point I think of Shalom Zaman al holds is a person has the right to decide how he wants to allocate his money. In other words, you, if there are Aniyim, how could you buy a slice of pizza? You know what I'm saying? It's beyond the scope. It's a good question. No, no, it's a, it's, it's a good question. Again, Chazal even said it. seems to give a license to people to live on a, you know, on a, on a certain standard of living, even though there are Aniyim in the world. And Ani wants to start a business. You decide you're going to help him. I would consider that a gamach, not not tzedakah. I would be on the level of gamach. Yeah, because the agreement normally is that it's your money and you're going to get it back. Right, but you're getting more. Right, but that's not tzedakah. That would be on the madrig of gamach. I'll get to taxes. I will talk about taxes. Okay, what about, so we talk about Nehrot, Beit Knesset, meaning all kinds of money that's a good thing to support, but it's not technically tzedakah fanim. What about discharging a um, obligation that you have to do a mitzvah with your ma'asit suffering? As an example, let's say matanav levyonim on Purim. Matanav levyonim is independent from the chiyav of tzedakah. You have to search out, you're supposed to give, search out a niyim to give matanav levyonim on, on Purim. It's a mitzvah durabanan. Okay? Can a person use his ma'asit suffering for that mitzvah? So here the Maharil in Simen Nun Vav uh, says also, okay, you can't use um, your Masik Safa Matanav Avyonim because it doesn't belong to you, basically. You don't own that money, Masik Safa. Because all you have is Togar Hana, all you have is the right to decide where it's going to go, but you don't own that money. And therefore, you're not allowed to discharge your Chiyuv with somebody else's money. In other words, and this is going in the direction Maril sees it as Mamon Anim, like, like Ramah wanted to say that's Mamon Anim. Um, however, according to the direction that I cited of Shomu Zaman Orbach Zatzal and the Chatham Sofer, that don't see it as a Mamon Aniyim, definitely in the direction of the Me'ili, okay, which is, as I told you, you know, that's, that's the direction that I follow, that it's not, it, it's a Minog and it's not specifically a Minog that it becomes Mamon Aniyim. So then, you would be able to use, um, your Masik Safim to give Matan Levyonim on Purim. Okay? Another example is what if your shul has membership fees? Let's say your shul requires you to pay a thousand dollars a year membership fees. 
Can you take a thousand dollars? That's your ma'asik sofim and discharge your chiyuv, your obligation to the shul of a thousand dollars with that money. Okay. So there's a shud pnei Yoshua and the pichadosh, and I also saw a quote in the name of Shom Zaman Orbach that held its mutter. So again, if my logic is correct, so on the one side you have the Maharil and you have the Marami Rottenberg and you have the Ramah and you have the Taz and maybe the Shach on the one side that it, it belongs to Aniyim. I'm not, not, not take the Shach and Taz out of that list. Okay? That it's Mamun Aniyim. On the other side you have the Shach, the Taz, or Shom Zaman Orbach, the Tam Sofer, the Pichadosh, and the Pnei Yoshua that seem to say that it's not considered Mamun Aniyim. It's not the minute isn't that it becomes mamish the, the, the money of, uh, of Aniyam. Now, one extremely practical application to this, and everybody always wants to know, is tuition. Can you take Masik Safin and use part, use part of it or whatever, let's say in the case of Shalom Zamarab, it says 49% of it, can I use towards, towards tuition of, of my children? Okay, there's a chuba in Igris Moshe, Yoradea part 5, Simon Kufyud Gimel that deals with it. And Rav Moshe Feinstein Paskin that you can't. And the reason why you can't, the question is said like this. He said, once a kid is over six, the Gemara says he's old enough to, 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 to beg from door to door. So once my child is over six, I'm not high of halachically to support him anymore. So any money I give my kid is tzedakah, because my kid is an ani. And therefore he said, surely if I pay his tuition, that there that should be considered like tzedakah. I'm giving it to my kid. That was that was posed to the question was posed to Rav Moshe Feinstein. And Rav Moshe Feinstein said, number one, you have a chiyuv of chinuch of Talmud Torah, and you can't discharge that with that. Number two, the United States of America would throw you in jail for child abandonment if you follow that halacha of stopping to support your child after age six. And since the Medina is mechayiv you to support him. It's not like you're, you're, you're giving tzedakah. It's rather more or less discharging your chiyuv with, with that money. Um, and therefore, he felt you cannot use your money towards tuition. The only thing he allows, Ramosha, is if you have an institution that, let's say, charges everybody $10,000, but, but there's always a certain percentage of pamidim that they don't, they don't turn down even if they only come up with $2,000. So ultimately what happens is the people paying 10000 are subsidizing to a certain percent, let's say 10% of that money is really subsidizing the anim that can't come up with a full tuition. So Ramosha said that if you calculate like the whole budget of that elementary school, or the high school, you, you calculate it and you divide it by the amount of students. I'm, I'm doing this, Hishu, I'm saying. And you come up with what the basic tuition should cost. Let's say it would come out to 9000 and they're charging you 10000 So that, that difference of 1000 Said that you could take from my succession. That's what Moshe Feinstein said. It seems to me, however, that if you take the direction of Shom Zaman Arbach, that again went more in the direction of the Me'ili and also in the direction that it was a Minhag, then you could use your 49% for tuition, okay? Lachora, um, especially if a person financially needed to. Uh, it would seem that Shom Zaman Arbach would allow it. I once asked Rav Lichenstein, Zatzal, and he thought that the minig was to, to be maker when it comes to tuition. He felt that, you know, he says, I'm under the impression the minig is to be maker for, for tuition, that that's it's legitimate. But again, according to Shom Zaman Orbach, 
you should always be giving a little bit more than 50% of your mind's suffering to real, really, really, real anim. You're saying that, you're, you know, you're saying, you're saying, Koine Ramosh, you're not chayav. If your son doesn't have enough money to go through college, unless you pay for it, yeah, lechore, that would be like an, a, a closer to a dinner of an oni. Koine to Ramosh's rationale, I agree with you. When do you, when do you start, do you start no, Rosh Hashanah is not relevant. In other words, you, you have to support your kid till he's 18, according no, to the law. What's that have to do with anything? Yes. That's the minhog. It's a minhog. That's the minhog. Any, any minhog. It doesn't make a difference. Yes. You have a certain amount of money in your hand. Let's say you're a mafish, mafish, suffering. You make $100,000 a year. You mafish, you have $10,000. How am I going to use this? So $5,001 dollars you find a place where you know for sure it's going to go to any Now you have a little bit less than $5,000. So he's saying that you can take that $5,000 and, 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 and use it for, for, for tuition. That's a, would it cover the entire tuition, meaning you would have to pay more like It depends where you're going. going. It depends what your, what your school is. Right, understood. Yes. The problem with theory, you pick up the leaves to really do it for $5, you agree on 15 but yes. you think that... Yes, I think that that would be considered real to the... Because if you know you can get away with giving him $5 and you give him 10 or 15 then, and you're doing it because he's an ani, that's fine, that's a doctor. You're just doing it in a way of, of, of saving saving face. But he has to be, you have to know that he'd be willing to do it for five. No, 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 no. He's just saying, he started to ask the question, what, what sources of income you have? And it's something which I'm going to get to now. So everybody's going to ask about that, save your questions. Yes, Daniel. Yes, sir. Yes, no, that, that's fine. You can give the organization to help poor people. There are some people that rather give to an organization that 100% of the funds go to ani as opposed to 90% because 10% are paying wages to the people who are running the offices of these organizations. Yes, Avi. No, no, no. Unless you are intending, because he's poor, you want to give him more. But you have to be careful there, because, you know, sometimes you're just doing it to feel like you're a big shot. You're being a big, fat tip. You, you know, you have to give it, because it's Sadaka. Yes, Daniel. I'm going to get to it. Yes. Um, if you yourself are an you use your mice? No. You have to give mice stuff. Yes, you'll see. I think that according to the United States law, the way it looks at, it would be one household, and if the households are on easy, ask me after share. Ask, share. ask me after share. Ask me after share. Okay. Now, what's what resources of my wealth am I supposed to be giving my stuff from? In other words, a person, you know, discovers now, oh, there's, a, there's a, a, an Indian of my success, and I would like to start to give. So you have to, like, look into your bank accounts and start taking out money from your bank account. Is it only some money that you earn, etc.? Um, it's income. In other words, you're supposed to give money, Masasafim, from your income. Let's say a person gets a scholarship to college, and the scholarship has a value of $40,000. Um, is he chayev to give 4,000 with my Safim? So, Bipasha Rav Moshe Feinstein says no. And his explanation is, that if you receive money that has strings attached, meaning you're not allowed to use that money for anything you want, they're giving you whatever, $40,000, it's not to sail around the world, right? It's specifically to be paid towards tuition, so you that's not your money. That's not considered your, really your income. The only time something's an income is when you have freedom to do whatever you want to do with it. So as an example, if your parents give you money, let's say, for travel, and they say, this is only for travel, so I'm, I'm making sure you don't, make, you don't take tramps, okay? that's not your money. Because there's very specific uh, guidelines about how you're going to use that money. 
So then you don't give me my successful for it. If your parents say, here, this is money for, for Svarim, or this is money to buy clothes, or this is money to, you know, very specific things they want you to do with it, it's not your money. But if they give you, you know, $100, do whatever you want with it, then even though it's not earned, it's a gift, the minig is to give my successful, okay, on gifts. Now, I know that every year, I, and when I tell this to people, they say, oh, my bar mitzvah, oh, this money, that money. It is. It's, it, psychologically, it's very hard to scoop into your bank account and all of a sudden give 10% because you, a couple of years ago, five years ago, you see that amount of money. A person does not have to necessarily do that. It, it would be commendable. But if a person decides, listen, from now on, money that I earn, I want to give my success, and, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Okay? Um, so if a person gets a gift, the person gets a Yerusha, and the irony is, let's say you know that your father is very makbid of my him, so that when he gives you this hundred, he was already mafish from his uh, maskor, right? from his from his uh, paycheck. Do you have to be mafish again? And the answer is yes, because it's not like regular maser or truma. But for you, it's a gift now. And therefore, you are supposed to give masik Um It's not a chobar chefza, so to speak, like teva would be. It's just a dynamic gift. And this is mentioned by the Orach HaShulchan and the Shalah and the Taz mentioned this. It's not relevant whether the money given to you was one, the guy was once mafish masik suffering. Wait, wait on the questions. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be answering at least half of them. Um, let's talk about, we spoke about income, we spoke about gifts, inheritance, okay, we spoke about scholarships. Let's talk about profit. Let's say you profit from your money. Your money makes money. As an example, you buy shares in, I don't know what, IBM or whatever you want to buy shares in, and it goes up. So the answer is, you're not high up to be mafish masasafim until you realize the gain. Realizing the gain is tax talk, meaning when, and by the way, 95% of what I'm going to tell you now really follows tax law. When you sell the, the, the shares, that's when you've realized the gain, the profit. And that's when you're high of taxes on income. And that's also, according to Shomu Zaman Orbach, when you have to give. If you buy, you know, a share that goes up a hundredfold and you now have a million dollars worth of IBM uh, stocks, you now have a penny in my succession until you sell the stock. And whenever it is that you sell the stock, you calculate it. What I bought it for, what I sold it for, calculate the profit, and that's what you're supposed to give you my succession on. Um, a very, very relevant question is, when, what, what day, what part of the time do I have to give the money stuff? And do I have to give it as soon as I got the profit? Do I have to give it on the day of my paycheck? The day I was given a gift, do I have to immediately give? So two things I want to say. Number one, if someone's Amar says it's legitimate, I asked for seeing this also, it's legitimate, have either a physical box or a bank account where you put your Maisek Safim in. Even if you don't have the money to give it to today, when the money comes around, you can give it to him then. But you have to do a, you should do a Maisa Hafrasha and, and put it in that place. And again, I'm repeating, when you do that Hafrasha, you say it's not Dafka Fanim. Number two, according to Rosham Zaman Orbach, um, you're not, you're not higher to give it as soon as you make the profit. You're allowed to wait a year. In other words, give it once a year if you want to. What's the advantage of waiting a year? Because you might lose money in that year. In other words, you might earn $100,000, but someone could steal your car and, and you won't have insurance and you be, could be out $20,000. So that your net income for that year was only 80000 And then you would be giving 8000 for my success instead of 10000 
In other words, you're allowed to cheshpen in losses, which is also similar to tax law, and but it's only within a year. In other words, you can't wait 20 years to give my succession and hoping, you know, I'll, I'll be able to calculate more losses in that way. No. Meshom Zanarvach says you pick a day. Which day? Any day. Any day, but do it on a regular basis. Some people want to do it on their birthdays. Some people do it, like to do it before Rosh Hashanah. Whenever you want, one day a year, you make your, you, you make your cheshpun. Hold it, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm probably going to be answering your question. Um, let's say a person sells his house. 20 years ago, he bought the house for $100,000, and now he's selling it for $500,000. Okay, so you would say, oh, if you, the day he gets the money, or he sells it, he just profited 400000 And he did, right, because it went up in value. But just like tax, with taxes, also with my him, there's a concept of roll rollover. Rollover means normal people have a house to live in, even a car. If you sell and buy a car, normal people have a car. Um, it's a rollover. So if you use the $500,000 to buy a different house, you didn't make any profit. And if you kind of like traded a house for a house, the, the, the fact that for a few weeks or months you had a lot of cash, that's not seen as a profit, and you don't have to give my success on that. Another interesting question is, what about inflation? Nowadays, inflation is not that high, but when I made Aliyah, yearly inflation was something like 350%. It was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, we used to like go to the Makola to buy sucking candies in advance, and like we used them like as commodities because they were always going up in price. But in any case, whatever, let's say you have a 10% inflation rate. So if Shalom Zaman Orbach says, holds it, you can calculate that. In other words, at the end of the year, you made, let's say, $100,000. But the inflation rate was ten thousand, which means the hundred thousand dollars is really worth ten percent less than it was in the beginning of the year. And he says you're allowed to calculate that, and as a result, instead of giving ten thousand dollars massive suffering, you give nine thousand because you have a depreciation of of the inflation rate. Okay. Another another source of income that was questionable is reparations. Okay. Um there are people that survived the Holocaust that get reparations from the Nazis. Now, there are two types of reparations. There are reparations that are compensation for the bodily harm that they did to you. Um, there's also reparations for property. There's a, a person who the Nazis took, you know, their, their house or whatever it was, and they pay back. Now, paying for bodily harm is not... Cons- you know, let, let me go back a little bit. If you have a car accident, and the insurance company pays you $1,000 because that was a damage to the car, that $1,000 is not profit, and you don't have to give my success because it's, the, it's where you lost your car, and it's just, it's just a way of giving you back your money, so to speak. Similarly, you lost uh, your house, and then someone gives you reparations to pay back the house. That is not profit. There's no question about that. But uh, the other question is if you a person receives payments you know, that there wasn't something physical that they lost. They get that type of compensation. So there, that would normally would consider, be considered profit. Okay, there's an interesting machloka achronim between the Tzitz Eliezer and, and Roshon Zaman Orbach Zetzal. Um, if a person, you know, if the Nazis came and took your house and you find yourself in concentration camp, for sure you're mitiayish to ever get the house back. And if there's yiyush, and then 20 years later you get repar- reparations, Maybe you should be chayev to pay because it's like a windfall because you gave up on it. So Tzitz Eliezer felt that you should be chayev. Well, Shom Zaman Orbach says no, that you're not chayev, and it was Yeyush 
betot, because you thought you'd never get your money back, but the world court, so to speak, was always around, and you just didn't realize that the reality is you'll get your money back. Um, question. Yes, Avi. Yes, you should calculate. Yes, you should calculate uh, the, the, the reduction of taxes as though, as though it's your income. That's fine. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're saying you're saying if if you have a future expense that will be recognized, let's say, according to Shita Roshon Zamanarbach, as being legitimate use of my suffering. Or my mamish anani, because you, you, your son is not a rich man. Yes. Yes, you can. Oh, that's a very good question. That's a very good question. I imagine that there are posts that would say you should evaluate any any gifts that you get. I could just tell you. I can't tell you asking what the halacha would be. Like, I'll tell you. I'll tell you that I personally don't do that. You know, if someone someone gets me a gift, I don't say, oh, you know, this safe is worth uh, 500 shekel, I'm going to have to give 50 shekel to my successor. I don't consider that as a, a gift as an income. Like, meaning an, an object of that, not if like, someone gave me cash, would be different. But I could easily see a person saying, listen, that's still, you know, like the tax people might even say it. I'm not sure. But yeah, but I, I don't think a person has to go so far to be so mocked now, these these are areas I think a person could be make also because attitude is it's a minhag and not and, and not a a, a, a gzeri de rabbana. Yes, Ari. It's interesting, interesting point. Yeah. Um, and also, oh, I'm going to get to that. I, I'm going to get to that. Give me a moment. Yes. What's that? So we're assuming that if you give me my ton of a hundred check, I have to give from that. Yes. Okay. Uh, Charlie, question. Um, the house case, Sean sells and uh, makes his profit of X amount. And spends eighty percent of the profit on a new house. Is he therefore five on the rest of the money? Okay. And um, one second. Um, within one second. So within reparations, you implied that pre- uh, reparations for bodily harm, you do have to pay, even if you've lost function of their hand. Because yeah, because they're not really returning something that that, that had monetary value. And saying it's not, it's not like with a car. The sum total is, oh, you know, you're minus 10,000, and they gave you 10,000, sum total you profited zero. When it comes to bodily harm, those payments are not, they're considered income. Yes, sir? Even if you lose functional... Yes, yes. No, no, you should be mafish. Now, now I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about a situation where, let's say you decide Erev Rosh Hashanah is when you do it. You don't have to do anything until Erev Rosh Hashanah. But on Erev Rosh Hashanah, you should be putting it into the box, so to speak. And you're allowed to use the stuff in the box. So you could, be you could use it, to, yeah. yeah. It's probable to try to use it as soon as you can, but, yeah. And let's say you use it, does it have to be, let's say, one, does it have to be one day, specifically a year, where you're mafish, or you can mafish every single day and give every single day? You could be mafish every single day and give every single day, but realize that if some great loss happens, you can't lemafreya, Calculate that. In other words, if you already gave money to my successor, it's gone. So you're going to end up giving more my successor that way than normally. Okay, let me let me move on. Yes, Ori. I'm still done understanding your question. Oh no, in other words, you want to use a credit card to give tzedakah. Of course, it's definitely considered tzedakah. Definitely considered my tzedakah for sure. All right, um, expenses. In when it comes to my successor, um, legitimate. Business expenses can be deducted. 
In other words, if you run a business and you you know you made a profit of one hundred thousand dollars, but you had expenses of fifty thousand dollars, so your profit is only half; is only fifty thousand dollars. There is an interesting that Sitzeliezer wants to say that household expenses could be deducted, and that's an incredible cooler because you know that's a lot of money. Most most are holic on the on the Sitzeliezer, all right. Um, the, the 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 direction of expenses that could be deducted for and, and 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 basically from your income would be similar expenses that any tax code or law would would see legitimate, and usually those expenses are expenses that have to do with your business or your you know you're, you're making money. If a person let's say spends ten thousand dollars on a on a professional course because he wants to become a locksmith to make money, so that would be considered a, a legitimate um, expense, and you wouldn't have to pay my successor on that because, in other words, you're educating yourself in order to be able to gain money in the future. So that's an expense, and you no longer made a hundred thousand dollars; you made only ninety thousand dollars that year. Next, a very very important area is taxes. As an example, everything I'm going to say now about taxes is all point of Shalmazal and Orbach itself. Income tax. Okay, and social security taxes, according to Shlomo Zalman Arbach, it's as though you never earned that money. So if you're making $100,000 and after minusing income tax and social security tax, you're only taking home $70,000, according to Shlomo Zalman, all you earned is 70000 not 100000 It's a chiddish, by the way, because I could explain that Rabbi Axel would disagree with that, because, you know, taxes go to the government to give you services, etc., etc. He's saying, no, if you don't see the money and they, and they withheld it, as income tax, he says, you don't have to look at that as, as income, and you only have to give money, uh, you know, uh, you don't have to give suffering on your net uh, profit or net income, not on your entire, the entire amount. Um, however, if Social Security is, ever pays you, you have to be mafish suffering on the, that Social Security. And if a person goes to a retirement and he, and he gets, I don't know, whatever, a few hundred dollars, a few thousand dollars in Social Security, he has to be mafish mafish suffering on that on, on that income as income. An incredible chiddush that uh, Rav Shlomo Zalman Ormach says, and that I, I think it was Ari was machavin too, is that let's say for every let's say for every shekel I pay in taxes in Israel, fifty percent or, or fifty agurot of that shekel goes to causes that would be recognized as a ma'isa mitzvah. One great example, there's no greater mitzvah than defending Israel and Jews. And therefore, the entire defense ba- uh, uh, budget, which I'm not sure what percentage of the of what it is, but let's say, for argument's sake, 20% of, of, of what, what Israel you know, takes in on taxes, 20%, let's say, goes to the, to the Tzahal. That means that for every shekel that I give to, as a tax, I'm actually donating... 20, 20 agroda, 20% of whatever my taxes is, to, to my symptom, or to hospitals, or to support aniyim, welfare, and things like that. Once so a person can go online, a person can calculate for every shekel what percentage of it goes to these my symptom, or even to tzedakah, or to yeshivot, or to any of the list of things we said before, cancer research, etc. And it can come out that up to maybe even 50% of, of all the taxes I give are actually a key in giving my suffering. It's very, very powerful. It's a lot, a lot of money. And it's very, very possible that a person living in Israel, and, and it could be even in, in other countries, but in Israel it's higher because 
all the defense is, is considered a Maisa Mitzvah. Um, it could be that, that a person living in Israel, all they have to really account for is 51% or a little bit more than, than 5% of Hafrasha every year, not 10%. Because it's almost like automatic that a, a great portion of their, their taxes or whatever it is, is is going for that, and it's kind of like covering them, so to speak, for Maisa. But a person has to make that calculation that it works. Just a moment. Um, value-added tax or sales tax, or what they call in, in Israel, mam, mas erach musaf, is like a sales tax. Anytime you buy, you 16%, whatever it is. Sales tax is not, doesn't help you at all. Meaning, it doesn't help. You can't say, oh, I gave the tax. It says, oh, I didn't make that income. No. If you spend $100 on, on whatever it is, baseball cards, and they tax you an extra $15, too bad. You can gain from my, my success from in that, in that respect. Another interesting thing that Roshon Zaman Arach says, that municipal tax, according to Roshon Zaman Arbach, is also not count, meaning doesn't help you, so to speak, as opposed to income tax. In other words, income tax, it says as though you didn't even earn that money. But the municipal tax that you pay your city or your municipality, he says that's purely for services. That's being taken for garbage collection, for cleaning the streets, for paving the roads, for et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's just like a club you're part of, part of a big partnership of the people who live in the area, and you're giving your percentage of the upkeep of the city. And therefore, that's still considered income. Yes, sir? Um, well, one second. Uh, there's a slight skew there. Shows Alan Arbach said that you only calculate your share out of a year, you only calculate when the taxes are taken off. As in my says, calculated from the remaining 80. Yes. But then, if so, how can the which is going to the, uh, the army or yeshivas or whatever? I think uh, I think what you're asking is an excellent question, interesting question. He still says that. But in such a scenario, you're right. You're right. I, I, I hear what you're asking. It's a very. I don't have an answer. I'm, I'm telling you, this is what he says. Okay. Also, Ad Khan. 